Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Pen Addict Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper and the analogue tools that we love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined as always by my good friend, the defender of pen justice, that is Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hello sir, how are you? Oh my gosh, that's quite the uh, the mantle I have to wear. Well, it's, it's the so. mantle you have assumed yeah. This week. So now, I'm, you know, I never want to be that guy for like bad things, and <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna, I'm turning that corner or not. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a a permanent switch. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm doing really good. Are you are you doing fine? Before we get into uh, uh my uh, justice my justice post, always am, especially when I'm doing this show. Cool, 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 cool. Well, let's 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 get right into it since we're we're already alluding to the fact, and I want to beat around the bush. And this is actually a topic I want to discuss, and then uh, we can we can move on for today. And if there's news later, we'll we'll circle back around. But I did a post that I thought long and hard about actually posting, and one of it is one of the reasons why is that is not exactly new news. Um, this is a around the pen type A Kickstarter project that we've talked about and the difficulties that they've had in the project. And the story is really about kind of the wrapping up of that project and a member of the CW team breaking out on their own and coming out with a similar manufacturing, a similar product. Now this all happened back in the summer, back in August was when it, this really mostly this other pen started showing up on, on the market. And we'll link my posts um, on Pen Addict. I'm sure many of you have seen it already. And, you know, I was a little bit perturbed, I guess, in my tone. Um, because what, what, what brought this back up was, you know, um, the Philadelphia Pen Show, Fountain Pen Show, well, Pen Show was this weekend. And that's kind of the first pen show of the season. And one of our one of our listeners and followers on Twitter said, hey, I saw this pin called the Tor Pin at the Philadelphia Pin Show. Um, and it looked like a pin type A. Do you know anything about it? I was like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I should write. I never I never wrote about it. I did, at the time, I didn't want to get into it because I thought, you know, here's the beginning of, you know, there's going to be some back and forth between CWT, who's the manufacturer of the pen type A and Tor pens. And, you know, I thought they'd hash it out. There were some issues and, you know, it would all kind of, you know, work itself out and it would, everyone would just kind of move on. Well, ever since August, it was just, it went into silent mode. So I figured, well, now that pen show season's starting, I wanted to make everyone aware when they see a Tor pen, what it really is. So the issue is, and Without belaboring the point too too much, there's a there was a gentleman. See, CWT had a real problem with pen type A, um, and they did some. They had some difficulties in manufacturing, and I think honestly, I and I don't know. I haven't spoken to them about it um, in the aftermath, but they were generally upfront um, in all their postings about all the trouble they had manufacturing in China, and at one time they hired a gentleman named Alan Arsenault, um, I believe as a contractor, to help sort out this Chinese manufacturing problem. Well, this guy, basically, Alan became part of the CWT team. Um, and I, there's a link in my article from a, a blog called Not Caught, which is a real, really good you know, design uh, blog. And they show, you know, CWT even on their Kickstarter page has pictures of Alan and Alan's wife in the CWT shop, you know, helping package the pins and helping, you know, clean the pins, you know, back from manufacturing. And this guy, this guy was like deep into the CWT pin type A process. I mean, he had intimate inside knowledge. I mean, he absolutely did. So as CWT is wrapping up their whole Kickstarter project. There's a site, shopping site called fab.com that I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with. I don't know if it's, I don't know that it's quite a daily deal site, but they offer um, short-term discounted products, you know, the new products with at a lower price. So this pen showed up and it's, I mean, it is the spitting image of a pen type A. It doesn't look as good in quality though to me. To me neither. And I've never held one, so I can't totally speak on that. Um, but it, it just from the pictures, it doesn't look as good in quality to me either. Um, 
And that's what kind of got the ball rolling. Everyone kind of flipped at that point. Like, what is this? Who is this guy? Where's, where did this pin come from? Why does it look exactly the same? Um, most of that is in this not caught, not caught article that everyone should read. And it kind of sorts, it kind of timelines the whole, how did this happen? But to, to, to put a bow on this, what I want to do is say that everything I've read and all the research I've done and the people I've talked to, um, I've actually talked um, on the phone to some other unrelated people to this project that are into manufacturing and things like that and like how things work and, you know, how does the design work and how does the patent work and all this stuff. But what's happened is, in a nutshell, there is an old patent for a surgical device that looks like what the pin type A is now. It was for a scalpel and a scalpel holding, you know, a tubular tubular barrel into a, you know, a larger square casing with a ruler. I mean, it, it's pretty clear that that's where the pin type A got their design from. And Alan and Torpin's argument is, you know, pin type A used this patent. I'm using this patent too. I'm not arguing that Torpin's should not make this pen. I, from all I can tell, they have every right to make this pen until the cows come home. The problem I have is this guy was part of the team that made kind of the first one that came out and then branched out on his own, made the same pen with, and after having, say, the inside information with CWNT and went kind of around and made the exact same competing product. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if Bob Smith from Utah got a hold of this patent and started making this pen, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. And maybe that's a flaw in my argument here. But to have someone that's part of a team leave the team and then manufacture an identical competing product, it, I have a real problem with the morals and ethics surrounding that business decision. And I wouldn't want to give my money to a person who believes that is uh, proper business ethics. So I'm not saying that Tor Pins should not manufacture this pen. I'm saying that if you buy from Tor Pins, you're buying from a person who does business in this manner. And that's what I'm trying to get across. They have a... I will not link to this in the show notes, but I have been digging around. Um, mm-hmm. And Tor have a post on their blog, it's easy enough to find, where they're talking about the inspiration for the Tor Classic. Mm-hmm. And they mention the exactly what you're talking about, the surge and stuff. But it, the way that they have explained this, they have not mentioned in any way the fact that they worked on the pen type A. Exactly. Okay, so you can say this is where your inspiration came from, but they're referring to the fact that talking about right after college, um, I worked in an operating room, so knew how you know useful it was, and then then it just goes straight on to what they decided to do and how to create the Tor Classic. But you would expect that they would... Basically, if they would have said, we worked with these guys on creating this and thought that we could do something similar and these are the re- these are the things that we thought we could do better, these are the things that we decided we wanted to improve, etc., etc. It would at least, you know, whether that's right or wrong, but I think that would be better... Absolutely, I, I would not be writing this post if that was the case. It's you know you got to be transparent. It's the in, fact that they're pretending that it never happened. That's exactly right. Which is, it just does it. So I've I've gotten I've gotten several nasty grams on this, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, there's you can see you can see some in the comments section. There's not a lot of comments on this post yet, but uh, there's one just huge elaborate post saying thank you for posting this, and then right behind it is this huge elaborate post uh, calling me an idiot. Um, and I will say that Alan Arsenault has emailed me directly, and he sent me a very a very nice email. Um, saying, you know, there's more to the story than you know. Um, I'd like to share, you know, what what's really going on. Um, and I replied to him and said, you know, Alan, I'd love to talk to you, but really what would be better is if you did this publicly 
and not just have it a conversation between me and you. I mean, you have the you have a blog, you have a public forum. Um, why don't you you know clear the air in in that way? And I have that was only that was Monday. I haven't heard back from him yet. I haven't heard back from Alan yet. But everyone everyone that's upset at me for making this post, their argument is they have every right to make this pen, and that is not what I'm arguing at all. So everyone's kind of missing that point. I am not arguing that at all. Tor pins, make the pin until the cows come home. Don't care. But you need to be up front with who you are, where you were, where this design came from. And I don't mean from a patent, from an old surgical dual patent. So that's that. <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think it's, it's a, a fair argument. I read the, the piece. Um, I thought that it looked really interesting, what you were saying about it, and and I was, um, I was quite upset about it myself. But. Right, it's a, I don't want to do business with someone who operates in this manner. That's my argument. Right, I believe that they probably have every right to manufacture an identical pin as to the pin type A. I'm not going to argue that at all. I, I, from what I can tell, they probably have every right to make that pin. My intent in this was know who you're doing business with and have all the information before making a business transaction. So that's why I wanted to share this at this point. So that's my, that's my soapbox for today. There you go. So, and you know, there might be a little more, I might hear back from Alan. Um, and if he has some more and that I find interesting, you know, I'll post it or, but you know, if it's going to be a big long so- story about how, you know, here's the patent and here's how we decided the manufacturer. Oh God, I just don't want to hear it. I'm just, that is not, that is not the issue with this at all. Make the pen. I don't care, but you know, and stop getting Steven Tyler to stick your pen in his mouth. That's weird. I saw that. <laughs> It's like Penn Tyler smoking a tall pen. Why is he doing that? God, it's brutal. It's, it's just brutal. for the sake of having his face there, I guess. Exactly. How does that even exactly. happen? But I don't know. <laughs> All right. So let's let's uh let's put a bow on that and move on to more uh more lighthearted topics. Great. I got one more follow up real quick, if you got a second. Of course, always follow up. Always. So our, our follow up to our last week's follow up. So it's a follow up of the follow up. This is about the the platinum uh, pronunciation. Our friend Hugh, he uh, he manned up and uh, sent uh, inquiry straight to uh, platinum, which I guess. Uh, <laughs> Why didn't we just do this? <laughs> yeah, I know because I'm I'm lazy, and we're going to get into that. So let, let's let's table that topic for a second. So <laughs> he, Hugh's the man, and he knows it, and I've told him he was. And uh, so he sent an email. It looks like the PR um, group, whoever's handling the, their account, emailed back. So let me read this email real quick. It's pretty short, short. It says, Dear Hugh, thank you for the email. The subject of platinum and its pronunciation is a longstanding question. From what we know, the brand was conceived because it was, at the time, against trading standards to call the company platinum but the slogan slogan was at one time as good as gold therefore the owners added a silent g to platinum to bypass the law however there are regional differences in terms of pronunciation of platinum and in the north the g was usually stated hope this helps and many thanks for your interest that hasn't helped me at all no no thanks for nothing (laughs) (laughs) thank you to hugh for for driving this email and getting an answer but the answer is Call it whatever you want. So, excellent brand building. Yeah. So our problem, me and our being me and you, our problem is there's two platinums. So when I say platinum, how do you know what I'm talking about? So I thereby decree that these pins shall be called platinum, mm-hmm. and the ones from Asia, I think they might be Korean or platinum because I knew of them first. So let it be written. So let it be done. There we go. All right, so so we're clearly from the north, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna lay in on the G. Well, I guess we're all north to some part of the world. What does he even mean by that? I don't know. I guess it meant Northern Britain. Oh, you expect he to, thinking that he means? Yeah, because I'm I'm assuming it was a, a 
since it was a British originated pin, I'm assuming he means the north of the country or she or he. I don't know. Alex. Knowing Alex what gets- I do about my own country, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no specific reason why in the north they would put a G in it. <laughs> That's the way I read this. Yeah. The brand owners <laughs> added a silent G to platignum to bypass the law. What was the law anyway? Cause, because it was Some, something about the 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 from the what we know the brand was conceived because it was at the time against trading standards to call the company platinum. But so the I guess slogan it was, a, was a, at one a, time the metal good. metal trading board in the in the early yeah, 1900s. He's, he's kind of confused me in the email. I mean, obviously not everybody can see the email, but he's put the G in the word when he probably didn't mean to. Exactly. exactly. So the, the way that me and Brad are reading this, he's saying, from what we know, the brand was conceived because it was at, at the time against trading standards to call the company Platignum. But the slogan was at one time as good as gold. But I assume that what he's saying there is he means to write Platinum. Right. That, so it that was be, against trading it. standards to call the company Platinum. But the slogan was at one time as good as gold, which is actually quite a good marketing slogan. Mm-hmm. Um so what so from what I can understand it's meant to be platinum. Yes. But they put the G in there. But they still can't tell us a definite way, so we're gonna call it platinum. Because it's Just easier for, for, for our purposes. Simply because the company themselves can't give us a definite answer, which I believe is something they should really work out. <laughs> I mean, how do they answer the phone? Yeah, I, I got nothing. Uh, it, it was it's a pretty odd email. I mean, he they he, it's not the first time he's answered this question, but it's not a great answer. No, and no, <laughs> I just imagine like you just call them up. Hello, platinum or platinum? Like, you know, you've got to surely have an idea. I don't know. Never mind. Nope. It, it will be the the long standing myth. Um, of the Pen Addict podcast will be how do you pronounce that name? Yeah. And again, if, you know, if if, uh, if you've got any ideas as to how we do this, um, other than the excellent detective work that Hugh attempted to perform for us, please let us know. Yeah, the only thing that's going to do is make me hang up on it every time I say it now. Going, am I saying it right? So Yeah, it hasn't yeah. helped us at all really, has it? Thanks for nothing, Alex. Yeah, but thank you for everything, Hugh. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> he but, sent me some other pictures of, of some other products and stuff like that. Some uh, some older Platinum products that were that was pretty sweet. He's uh he sent me some good stuff. Oh, I can kind of get a little I understand a little bit more now. The person who sent it, they work for the parent company that bought that brand. Mm-hmm. So Snowpake is the owner of the platinum brand and snowpake do lots of different stationary stuff over here mainly Uh, like folders and stuff Um, okay so they've obviously they've they've bought that brand and and they're trying to revitalize it yeah like maybe they should revitalize how to pronounce the name that's why i think that they actually haven't decided yet (laughs) dear oh dear interesting anyway Shall I, uh, shall I talk about Squarespace and, and then we get into the main topic of, the, of this week's episode? How does that sound? Sounds great. Excellent. So uh, this episode is, of course, brought to you by those fine folks over at squarespace.com who give you everything you need to make an amazing website. Both myself and Brad use Squarespace for our sites because they make it really simple uh, to, to put your uh, site online. They give you all the tools that you need to uh, make your home on the internet. Whether you want to build a site for a blog, a portfolio, a business site, whatever you want to make a website for, Squarespace can allow you to do that. And they allow you to do it with with ease, I would say. It doesn't matter how experienced you are when it comes to building websites. You can put something amazing together in minutes. They take care of hosting, scaling, um, integration with social services like Twitter and Facebook. You can get um, iOS apps that allow you to post on the go and manage your site. You can also see your statistics in these apps. They have real-time analytics built right into Squarespace's platform, so it can tell you who's coming to your site and how how they're getting there, things like that. Um, They have fantastic, beautiful templates. You don't need to worry about getting a designer. Um, They're very clean. They let your content do all of the talking, and they have responsive web design built in. 
So your site uh, will restructure automatically to fit on any device and maintain the beauty of the site's design without throwing up a standard mobile view template which rips out all of the nice stuff. You can easily um, edit your site and, and change colors and you can make amendments to the templates in a WYSIWYG environment. So what you see is what you get. Um, it, it, that's that's what WYSIWYG stands for. So the thing you can edit all of the things in a web browser. You click and, and drag, and it's, it's a very nice system. It's, it's very very attractive, and really, you know, you can you can listen to me talk about it, and I can talk about it until the cows come home, because uh, I love Squarespace that much. But I think the best way for you to understand just how great this great this system is is to go and try it out for yourself. There's no credit card required to try out Squarespace. Just go to squarespace.com forward slash seventy decibels. You can start your free trial. If you then decide to sign up for a plan. Squarespace starts at $10 a month for the standard plan and $20 a month for the limited plan. If you sign up for one year up front, you'll get 20% off that monthly price. And if you sign up for two years, you'll get 25% off. But I can give you an additional 10% off, so that can be off your first month or on top of the um, annual plan discounts, if you enter the code 70 decibels one below the pricing information at checkout. Um, and that also helps Squarespace know that you found out about them through us. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to make an amazing website. So, Mr. Dowdy. Yes, sir. Um, what, what are we going to talk about today? What, what's the main topic 20 minutes into the episode? I know. <laughs> I knew the first topic might take a little bit. So, um, well, for, before we get into that, I'd like to issue an apology. Oh, dear. And I would like to apologize to you, Mike Hurley. That's okay. Um, you know, I, I have a tough time coming up with topics sometimes and, you know, <laughs> sometimes, uh, you know, weeks in advance, I know exactly what I want to talk about and I have all the details planned out. And then sometimes I have half fleshed out topics that I'm really excited to talk about, but I don't have all the details <laughs> sorted out yet and haven't had the time to finish my research and things like that. So I'd like to apologize for uh for on Tuesday mornings when I'm coming home from work saying, "Hey, what do you what do you want to talk about today?" <laughs> I think that we should also apologize to everybody that follows us on app.net as yes. they got to see us have this conversation today. I don't know why we decided to to have it there. We could have had this conversation anywhere. I know, um, I think it was my fault because I had a couple of errands to run when I left work, so I was just sitting there waiting, you know, just, you know, getting, you know, my glasses fixed and some other things like that. So I had some idle time between leaving work and getting home. So we started this conversation uh, on app.net. It's like, Oh, I really don't know. I, you know, I know I need to cover this tour pins thing, but then I really don't know what I want to talk about. And then uh, all of a sudden playing the role of my mother, Michael Hurley says, have you looked in the future topics document? <laughs> it was like, man, just scold me right there. Mm-hmm. I actually wasn't meant to be like that. <laughs> I know. Um, I was. Trust me, I know. Merely asking. You're like, hey, you're, it's more like, hey, buddy, go go take a peek over here, see if there's something you want to talk about. It wasn't like, listen here, pal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you listen here, sir. We, we keep a document for this reason. <laughs> it was just funny. Have you looked at the future topics document? <laughs> so then, then that just. Uh, that spawned, I don't know, God, probably 20 more tweets. But we then, then the listeners started to get involved, which we always love. And, and we've got yeah. some things added to that Future Topics document. Yes, I'll be adding some things into that. And I've definitely made some notes. But when I, when I asked for topics or other listeners to, to, to um, give us some ideas, you came up with a really interesting question. And I said, yes, let's go with that. And... It's a subject we've covered many times about, you know, what pins do you carry every day, everyday carry type of pins, uh, pins that you always want to have around. But the way you worded it, I was like, this this is a really interesting way to word it. So let me read what, what Michael said. He says, what does a pin have to do to make it into your daily carry? Then how do you decide what's replaced? And I thought the way you worded that, I was like, that's a really interesting way to look at it because we haven't would you like me to tell you why why i have asked this question yes because i think you asked it in a very specific way not you didn't ask let's talk about what your daily carry pins are so this this might help a little bit okay 
Mm. That was my that's my pen case. I brought. I, I okay, have a pen good. case. I'm glad. I'm glad you clarified what that was. Exactly. Um, I have a pen case that I keep in my drawer at work, um, and in this case, it is the. Um, there goes some pens on the table. Sorry, the uh, Lahit Labs. Te- is it Tefa? Tefa, yeah. Tefa case. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that that case. I've spoken about it before on the show. Um, I have in it a, a selection of pens. And at the moment, I have five pens that are not in the case. Um, they are kind of sort of just... They're, they're not like clipped inside of it. They're just loose inside. And I need to remove some to add one or two of these pens in there. Uh, this is including some uh, Zebra Sarasa pens. that I bought a Zebra... I think it's... I can't even say it's Durfit... Airfit? Airfit. Airfit. What it's a weird... Airfit. It's written very peculiarly on the... Mm. I bought an Airfit, a Sarasa... Yeah, and that's the one that calls... It says gel with a J. It's a G here. On the oh, one. really? Yeah. Then I've got the Zebra Sarasa and the uh, Zebra Marathon here. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the Marathon. I do have the Airfit. I like that one. It's, it's, yeah. It, it's got the good the good squishy grip. Some nice grip to it, yeah. So I've I've got those, um, and then I also have I bought my uh, Lamy Ale Star, um, and then I have some some of the Pentel Tredios that I was using recently. So they're loose in in the case, mm-hmm. um, and I've been trying to work out what to take out. Now you can imagine that. So this 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 uh, case opens up into like a book, and you have two sides. Now, as you can imagine, one of these sides consists of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of my Retro 51 collection. Wow. It's not the whole lot. <laughs> it's just part of the collection. Um, <laughs> and then the rest is an assortment of pens. So I've been trying to work out what to remove. And I wondered from you, Brad, what does it take to... What, what is your justification for when something can enter your daily carry and then be removed from it? So I used to do almost exactly what you do. I would, in my backpack, I would carry sometimes two full pen cases of pens of varying everything. And then in the pockets of that backpack have, you know, (laughs) five pens stuffed in this pocket, three pens clipped in here because I never wanted to be without a pen I wanted at the time. So I did that for years and it worked fine. But what I found myself doing is switching from pen to pen too quickly and worrying about what pen I was using than actually what I was doing, you know, writing, whatever, taking notes. So that lasted for quite a long time. And I'm, I still do, I still have, I still find myself falling back into old habits, but I'm trying to work on some things to narrow that down. And to answer the question about what does a pen have to do to make it to your daily carry? I I go in phases um, of pen usage. And when I pick a, and it's not even a specific pen, but it's more a type of pen, like either, um, you know, like a fine tip gel pen. Those would all be when I'm, in that kind of mode, I'll use any of them, like a high tech C or a Sino DX and or a Sarasa clip. You know, that's all kind of in one grouping, and that's all I'll use for a couple of weeks. It seems I just kind of get in this groove, and that's all I want to write with. And then it'll change, and then you know, all of a sudden one day I'll pick up a Sharpie pen, and I was like, oh man, I forget how much I like writing with these, and my handwriting looks so good with these. Then I'll start using a Sharpie pen and a Secura Pigma Micron and a Copic Multiliner things like that. And that'll be all I write with for a couple weeks. Um, the phase I'm in right now is I'm full bore into fountain pens. And I've actually, with all of our Lamy talk here recently, I've broken back out my Safari and inked it up with just a regular um, uh, Lamy blue cartridge. And I've been using my charcoal Lamy Safari, I bet for two weeks straight now. Um, maybe not quite that long, maybe a week and a half, week, week and a half. Um, and even though I, the, the pin case I'm using right now is the altar, uh, pin case, altar manufacturing that we've talked about and I've reviewed before. And I think I have nine 
all I'm carrying now is nine pins in this case. I haven't used anything but this Safari for a week, week and a half. And so I'm asking myself, well, why am I carrying around all these other pens? You know, I do like having the options available to me. Like if I wanted to switch to, you know, a gel pen, I have uh, like a 0.3 high tech C uh, Cavalier refill in my titanium pen. I have one of the moleskin stainless steel pens with a 0.5 millimeter um, moleskin gel refill that I love. Love that pen. Um, you know, I have a Render K. Uh, an orange one that I have a 0.4 black high tech C refill. Um, I use the, <laughs> I, I prefer the 0.3 blue high tech C and the 0.4 black high tech C. So I always carry them both. But what I'm finding is basically these pins are just sitting looking pretty in my pin case. So how do I decide how to swap them out is recently I, I haven't been, I've just, been taking my whole pen case, but I've been using one pen for weeks at a time. Um, before that, before the Safari, I was using my Vanishing Point um, because I traded with um, one of our listeners and followers. I, I traded him a pen for – he has an EF nib for the Vanishing Point. The one I bought came with a, the F nib, which is awfully fine. And I tested out the EF nib months ago and I was like, oh, that's awfully fine. I don't know if I can use that every day. Then we made a swap. I traded him my uh, uh, Coleco AL Sport ballpoint for his EF nib. Well, I got it in, inked it up um, with a black pilot Namiki ink cartridge and man, I loved it. It's been, I, I've been, it, there'll be another review on the blog at some point just about the nib and for about two weeks, that's all I used. And then we got talking on the Safari and it's like, well, you know, I haven't used my Safari in months. So let me just swap it out. So it's a roundabout way of saying there's really no tried and true method for me to do it. But the way that I write, I tend to go for one type of pen all at once and not use anything else for a, it seems, seems to be like a two week period. I don't know. There's no start and stop date. That just seems to be about the time I'm ready to switch. So I've actually made a purchase recently because I've seen myself going this way to where I'm using fewer pins on a daily basis. I still use lots of pins and different different things. But as far as like say going to work and carrying my pins around, do I need to be really carrying all these extra pins that I'm not using actively, even though I want to have them handy and and, and get to them. So what I did is because I think my, as I get more experience with certain types of pens, my philosophy is changing where I don't need, I, I don't need ready access to 30 pens in my backpack. Like, you know, you have, you know, probably 20 pens, you know, handy in your, between your case and just, you know, within arm's reach at your desk. Yeah. So what I did is, and I've seen this product for a while and I always hesitated on buying it, but I just, I just got to thinking again. I was like, let me go look at this case again and see if it might be a fit. And it's the, um, it's the Doan Leatherworks four barrel hose holster. And so I went on Chad's site and it was, he had it marked at half off. And cause these are expensive, these are expensive cases. I mean, it's like a $70, $65 case, something like that. And he had it marked down to like 35. I was like, well, that's obviously a sign. <laughs> That's my opportunity. This is the case I want. You know, I thought you know paying upwards of seventy dollars was was pretty expensive for me at the time, and but I thought you know thirty five bucks was awfully reasonable and was exactly what I was looking for. And before we get too far, and I forget to mention it, it looks like you know they were he had marked down the price because he was he's sold out of them now. He he was closing those out. Yeah, I um, think they're not I, I they're not available a, for sale right now. I think I got an email or saw something from him um that they they've got a new uh lever supplier. Yeah, so he's going to be doing some new things. Um you know, I'm I'm not at liberty to discuss, but I've had had <laughs> conversations with Chad sure <laughs> separate from separate from this, but yeah, don't think that because the the leather works are not available right now that there's not new and different things coming. Um, he's going to have some new releases this year of, of various things. And uh, 
I've done some product testing for him too. So he's got I some bet. cool. He's got some cool things coming. This I'm year. sure you've done some product testing for him. Brad. <laughs> of course you have. Yeah, but um, but no, I I bought this um, case because it it holds four pins, maybe. Right. I mean, if your pins are really big, they're going to it's like fountain pins tend to run large barreled. So I think I can get, I have it. I just got it last night in the mail. So I haven't even put pin number one in here. But, um, you know, I'm actually looking to lower the number of pins I carry with me. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, looking at that and seeing that image there's a there's a flicker image to the of, of chads that i've put in the in the show notes i now want one of these for that reason like just limit the amount of stuff like and i never use more than four pens in one day right so to See, find the best of each like to really decide i mean i would probably use i mean i would find a fountain pen um Definitely a retro fifty one, um, and then I would probably go for a multi pen and a gel pen, and have a pencil in the multi pen. I mean, that's probably what I would do. I mean, I don't know what definitely what ones of each that I would use. Yeah, you know? I think that's the exact right way to look at it, and that's what I did with my alter pen case. Is I wanted to have kind of one of each class of pen represented. Or if I wanted to do something that required that tool, I had it. So, you know, I did carry two high-tech Cs and I had a couple of fountain pens in there, but I made sure I had a liquid ink pen, a, you know, a drawing marker type pen, um, a pencil, you know, just the only thing I think I didn't have in there was like a highlighter. You know, like if you were putting together a yeah. kit where you want to have everything covered, I did not have a highlighter. Make but, sure um, that when, when Chad is selling these again, you make sure well you just tell him to hurry up so I yeah well I, I yeah i i don't know speci- i don't know the specifics i mean maybe he's not he this specific one may not come back out again i i can't answer that question yeah and and that's because i don't know not because i'm i know something and i can't talk about it it's because i flat out don't know i mean i just know that it's not available on the site right now um because i think he was you know he was wrapping up that series if you will but um, I think it's going to work out well for what I'm trying to do. And uh, it, it's funny. I saw um, there, there's a guy I've been talking to recently that started a really, really good blog. Um, his name's Ed Jelly. And he's got – he's a huge – he's a big fountain pen fan. He's got some really nice fountain pens and does some really nice things. And it was funny. He posted his weekly loadout and, um, you know, a load – from my my definition of a loadout and the the way fountain pen people talk about a loadout is what pen and ink combinations do you currently have loaded into your pens? What ink is loaded into the pens and what pens are you actively using? So that is so some that's beautiful the, photography. Yeah, he does an his his handwriting and his photography are top notch and I've really enjoyed his blog. I've talked to him several times. He's a nice guy. He does a really good job. So uh um, definitely hit our show notes and check out Ed's blog. He's he's new on the scene, but he's already done fabulous work, in my opinion. So what made me think of it is I saw um, I had already ordered this case, and then I saw in his post that he has like a four barrel case himself, but it's it's like sleeved, right? It's got four individual sleeves where Chad's is a is a pocket, so that's an, another option for um, that type of carry. But I. I found myself using a smaller number of pens on a daily basis, so I'm trying to limit how many I carry around with me just because there's no reason to. Um, And these four-barrel type holsters, I mean, I've seen other fountain pen. um, uh, Levenger has maybe a two-barrel case, something like that. I didn't look at that before doing this. Two or three barrels. So there's – in. You know, if you look at different pen stores, most mostly higher end stores, um, you know, like Nomadic, like Nomadic makes pen cases that I love. The nylon pen cases, they don't make very many small capacity cases. They're making larger capacity cases, you know, that that we use and carry, you know, probably upwards of 10 to 15 pens. Whereas vendors that are selling fountain pens and higher end roller balls, they're selling smaller cases just because people are, aren't carrying around, you know. 
a dozen Mont Blancs or something like that that they need a case for. So I wanted to – I'm going to attempt this case. It's an experiment on my part um, to carry fewer pens. And I think in this case I'm going th- to – I honestly, I think it's going to be three fountain pens in my render K. Um, I think it's going to be my vanishing point, um, my Safari, which I've been using a bunch of. And I will say I'm switching over, and this is a, this is an update, big update, big news here. Um, my Lamy 2000 is uh, performing pretty well after an ink change. So I'm wondering if um, the ink that I used the first time was not flowing as well as it is now. So I put a new ink, you know, cleaned it out, put in a new ink in my 2000, and it's working better than anticipated. Because you were significantly upset with that pen. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm still going to get it worked on. Um, you know, I've been talking. I've sent an email to one of the uh, one of the popular uh, nib grinders and adjusters. Um, his name is uh, Mike Masuyama. Um, I think his website's called Mike at Work. M i k e i t w r k. I believe that's the website. I didn't put this in the show notes because I didn't think I was going to be mentioning it. But he's uh, he's actually in Georgia, where I am, and he goes to the Atlanta Pen Show and works on pens. Uh, but you can also send pins to him, and I think I'm still on my on my 2000. I'm going to get the nib ground down to something even finer. So, it's and he Mike he's it work Mike it work, which is an excellent. That's such a great brand name. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and apparently, I you know I'm not going to profess to know the history, and I'm sure I'll get a lot of emails and comments on this. But this guy is is in the upper echelon of the, the respect levels in the fountain pen community. This guy's like in the top tier, like, like everyone in fountain pens in the fountain pen communities knows a lot about a gentleman named Richard Binder who does, or I think it's Bender actually, excuse me, Richard Bender um, in New York who does, who's got a big pen shop and does, you know, elite repair work. And Mike, Mike is along those lines as a, as, as far as the pair, repair work, and he works with a lot of uh, major companies, and he's trained under some of the, you know, the most respected and well-known Japanese, you know, nib makers and you know, nib repairs and things like that. So I think this guy's got a, like an elite reputation. Um, so I just gotta, I gotta find time to send off my pen, and I, I am gonna get it adjusted. But I am happier with the 2000 now that I've swapped inks in it. And uh, I want to talk about that when when you get it done because I don't really understand what an adjustment would be but we'll wait until you get it done and then we'll maybe go into that I'm adding that to the future topics okay yeah and that will definitely be in the future because um, even if I send it today he's eight weeks out in uh, in work so put it down because that'll be a long a long time out before I actually get the work completed because I'm not going to send it yet it's in there so. now so yeah, I hope that I, I mean I hope I kind of answered the question about the hows and whys of my the pens I carry every day. Um, I, it, it's in constant flux, and over the years I've really my philosophy has changed, and it's it's constantly changing. And I could go back the other way to where I'm carrying thirty and forty pens with me at a time, but right now it seems to be that this is working better for me. Um, to carry fewer pins and I've, I've found myself constantly, you know, taking down, you know, a step here, a step there every few months and I'm down to fewer and fewer pins I'm carrying. Um, but yeah. And, and then what happens is it's like, Oh, I miss writing with that pen. <laughs> so it finds its way back into some random pocket. And then the next thing you know, there's five of them and then I've got a big pin case back out and then I'm back to square one. But anyway, <laughs> that's uh that's how I do it. So now I, I mean, basically you've given me what I wanted from this episode. Um, you know, my selfish reasons for wanting this episode. So I've now decided that I want something where I can carry four pens or something. I think four is a good number um, at mm-hmm. a time. So I'm now on the lookout, um, lovely ladies and gentlemen, listeners. Um, of of the pen addict, please send me in your suggestions. I'm looking for something like. Um, the Doan four barrel holster. So something nice. I mean, lever is good. It's not definite, but it's something that looks nice. Um, four pens is what I'm looking for. So please, please, as always, send your suggestions into us. Um, I'll talk about how at the end of the show because I still think there's a couple of things that we want to talk about. I know you've got a 
couple of quick mentions, and then I've got a point that I want to bring up at the end. You want to go first? You want me to? Uh, I, I think I'm good on the uh, the um, the everyday carry topic, and uh, I, I just did have a, a special shout out. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, do that. I did. I, I wanted to thank um, um, David Sparks and especially uh, Mike Rohde, who was a guest on the uh, Mac Power Users podcast with um, with uh, David and Katie, um, Katie Floyd. Um, they do it. This is a long running very well respected um mac uh podcast that's on the five by five network and i've listened to it for a long time and they had uh, mike Rody on who's been on our podcast you know talking about a sketch note handbook and um they had a great conversation went over lots of things and towards the end of the end of their show they were um discussing uh some of the pins that mike used and uh they gave mike gave a a plug and a shout out to the pin addict and i i just wanted to tell him thank you and uh thank david and katie uh for the mention and i really appreciated that cool um, and i thought and i noticed whilst um going to the site to pick up the link to put into the show notes mike was also on another five by five show this week <laughs> <laughs> where he's on systematic with brett herbshire Oh, well, I'll have to look for a mention in that one too. So that's in there too. I like. Maybe I'll I'll tell him in advance. Make sure you get my plug in, Mike. It's already there. It's, it's done. Oh, it's already done. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had see. I missed that one then. This it was released today. Okay, so I, um, yeah, so I've only been up like a two hours, so I haven't caught up with that yet. Yeah, I think it was just before we started. Um, oh, there you go. He's taking a picture. Where are you taking a picture? Did you hear that? Yeah. I'm taking a picture of the holster, so I'll just I'll send it in tweeter twi- tweeter. <laughs> send it to me on the tweeter. <laughs> I'll send it in tweeter, and uh, you can grab the link to see what my host holster looks at looks like loaded out. So uh, my render K, I was actually using it earlier, so it's not in the room where I'm sitting. So I put in uh, my vanishing point Safari 2000, and I have uh, the shiny uh, Coico AL Sport in it right now, just so everyone can see what it looks like. It's awaiting. Um, I've got, already got it ready for the show notes. So there was one thing that I wanted to bring up before we finish okay. today. Now, many, many episodes ago on, on uh, the Pen Addict, episode 26, um, well, it, was, it started in episode 25. We were talking about handwriting, me and you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I went on holiday, and then you hosted an episode of Stephen Hackett, uh, episode 26 of the pen addict called It's Got Little Curves to It. And at mm-hmm. the start of the episode, um, you berated my handwriting image that I put in the show notes of the uh, episode previous, um, saying that yeah, my handwriting was I don't, rec- I don't terrible. recall. I don't recall this. You don't, you don't remember that? How, how no, convenient. No. How convenient that you don't remember that. Just as a quick aside, and I'm going to put the show note, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the image again. It is my most viewed image on Dropler because they have stats. <laughs> By like, by like twenty five percent higher on the previous one. Of every image I've posted to Dropler, this image is the highest. Now I was thinking earlier about handwriting, and I can't remember how I came to thinking about it. But it's something you know we all think about these things. I'm sure as pen nerds, and I love pens, but my handwriting is terrible. Um, it is just horrible. Um, but uh, but th- I was thinking about something, right? Some mm-hmm. people love music, but they're not necessarily good at singing. And th- that was all I wanted to say. You know what? I I agree with you. And, you know, it's... Ha- handwriting's hard. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a challenge. And it's yeah. a challenge for me, and everyone does it differently. And, you know... I like picking on you because you can take it, <laughs> like some people. <laughs> Things I know I can be neat. I know I can be neat. And if I was yeah. writing something like you do for the blog, I would mm-hmm. take my time and be neat with it. But I understand my own handwriting, so I just get it down on the page. Why waste That's time? That's right. That's right. You it you accomplish the jo- the task you set out to do. No, and uh, hey, I I appreciate that you're owning your handwriting. I mean that that's your handwriting. It shouldn't change, and um, you know, every everyone's child is beautiful in their own eyes. I like that. I take that that you're calling me beautiful in some way, and I'm I'm happy with that. It makes me feel better. <laughs> well, good, good. But no, I I I, I do give uh, I do give you a lot of grief over that because it seem it seems to come up all the time. We get asked about handwriting a lot. Yeah, we do. And 
you know, some people will, will 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 tweet both you and I, you know, as, as hosts, they'll they'll tweet us and just say, you know, what you know, my my handwriting's horrible, um, and you know, how can I make it better? Or, you know, what are you doing? Or what pens are you using? And I my my first comment is back is always you probably shouldn't be asking Mike for no. handwriting tips. Either you say it or somebody will talk to us both and say, well, I don't really want Mike's advice, but you know, do you have any yeah. tips? And then my second response is the answer, but yeah, I always, I always have to get that shot in just cause I, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things I've latched onto. Sorry, mate. It wouldn't be right if it wasn't in there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 50 minutes. This episode It's funny how, some of our longest episodes are the ones where we don't know what we're going to be talking about. And honestly, some of the best. I've thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I thought yeah. this was a good episode. Not to pound our own our, our own chest, and you know, this is something we normally talk about off the air afterwards. But <laughs> I, I like I like this episode. It so was it was fun, and it was probably one of, one of the least planned episodes. And honestly, with us, that happens a lot. Yeah, and those end up those tend to be some of the best episodes. That's just how we roll. Yep. But of course, you can always send in your suggestions. We love suggestions because we like to talk about the things that you guys want to listen to. And you can get in touch with us in a couple of ways. Go to 70decibels.com forward slash contact and fill out the contact form there with the pen addict in the uh, in the drop down list. Sorry, um, Or you can contact Brad directly. You can email him at thepenaddict at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch with us on Twitter. I am iMike, and Brad is Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. I am also iMike on app.net, and Brad is Dowdy, D-O-W-D-Y. Thanks for having a different name there, Brad. It just makes it that much quicker for me to explain um, at the end. But you are within pretty much the majority of most of the hosts on the network. App.net just doubled the amount of usernames I have to read. Yep, we just wanted to extend these podcasts out as long as possible. Just that little bit longer. But yeah, so please get in touch with us. Um, Thanks for listening every week. If you enjoy the show, rate us in iTunes. Um, We love to to get ratings. Um, Five stars are best, but you you can feel free to be honest. we, we Absolutely, and you know, leave us feedback if it's there. We, I, I do check in and, and read things, and if there's you know areas where we feel we can improve, absolutely tell us. I'm always open open to feedback, criticism, tips, tricks, anything. So please let us know. Exactly. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for listening to this week's episode of the Pen Addict. Um, as always, I am Mike, and he is Brad. And until next time, bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>